Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the world champion of the world podcast. It's your man qualified, a.k.a. the Black Ric Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent from the west side of Oahu. What's up, guys? I'm back. Had a week off. I uh, had a whole bunch of, like, you know, rapper stuff to do. Uh, check out Qualified on uh, iTunes and Spotify, man. I got a whole bunch of songs. I got a song called TMDK. Shout out to the mighty Don't Kneel. Shout out to my man uh, Shane Thorne, who uh, reposted that. Um, but uh, some sad news. Let's get started with the quick hits right off the bat here. Um, we got a lot to jump into into the show reacts uh, reactions to um, the week in professional wrestling television um, we'll talk uh, some we'll talk TLC results uh, today is the day of the show so we'll talk uh, TLC results we'll also talk uh, we'll talk a little bit about final battle Um We'll talk about Ring of Honor Television, the week leading up to Final Battle. Uh, we'll talk about the go-home shows for TLC. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Impact Wrestling, and we'll talk a little NXT. But right now, um, we're talking about... Uh, right now, we're talking about uh, just what's been going on. Uh, if you remember a last episode that I dropped, not last week, but the week before... Uh, I called it a prophecy fulfilled and uh quick hits. We're going to do a little bit more of that. Now we're starting to see the trickle down effect of WWE signing up a bunch of talent. Um, Ring of Honor really looks like they are preparing for um, the departure of the elite uh, signed Brody King. Uh, they were also recently uh looks like there was a little bit of beef going on between them and uh MLW as uh Ring of Honor was trying to get the Lucha Brothers uh apparently over into to work some shows after final battle um the Lucha Brothers have not worked in Ring of Honor previously, but they did appear at All In, uh, and, um, well, Pentagon was there against, uh, I don't know, uh, yeah, Pentagon was there, uh, Phoenix, I think he was in the match with the, with the Young Bucks, no, that was, uh, Bandito, anyway, anyway, uh, it was going down, okay, um, so, uh, Ring of Honor is trying to get the Lucha Brothers in there. So if you are going to be losing the Elite, uh, then you need to get some, no pun intended, Elite uh, talent to fill in those spots that they currently occupy on the card. Cody just uh, just fought Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor Championship. Uh, the Young Bucks are also prominently featured on the card. They were just in a ladder war for the tag titles. Uh, so, um, you know, everybody, everybody who's affiliated, 
uh, with the elite BT, everybody is uh, is holding a, a rather prominent place uh, on the card and uh, has been a major factor in 2018. Um, we'll get a little bit more into the results of Final Battle later and what that might set, uh, how that might set things up for 2019 um, for Ring of Honor. But, um, but yeah, the tensions uh, between uh, MLW and uh, and Ring of Honor. Court Bauer actually came out on uh, on Twitter and alluded to uh, alluded to such. Um, such tensions, uh, oh, um, hang on here, I'm trying to pull it up for you guys, uh, Savon, could you pull up the, uh, no, I'm playing, uh, let's see here, I want to pull up and say exactly what he said here. Um, do, 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 do. Well, anyway, um, I can't find it. I'm not going to spend any more time looking for it in dead air. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, basically, Court Bauer kind of addressed it. Um, he put, like, the hashtag honor on there, so uh, kind of shooting shots Ring of Honor's way. Um, there's a, a Ring of Honor has signed, uh, they signed PCO. Uh, who's, um, you know, if you're going to lose the elite, then you got somebody else creating viral content on the internet and uh, exciting that internet wrestling fan base. Uh, so that's been that's been uh, really key to uh, a big part of Ring of Honor's demographic there. Uh, so the, the internet fanboy, so you got PCO, somebody who can, who's uh, kind of providing, uh, who, who kind of, fills that void i guess uh, like i said brody king uh another one of the strong names on the indies uh jeff cobb has been uh has been tearing up uh tearing things up so now uh he gets a chance to step into a more uh prominent role he's already the television champion so now you can kind of build jeff cobb a little bit more see uh couldn't can he run all the way uh can he you know, get himself over and run all the way to uh, world title contention. I think he can, um, and it'll be interesting to see all these people who can uh, kind of get a chance to to step up in the in the absence of the elite. Just like uh, any other time that there was turnover in Ring of Honor, like at one point, uh, Brian Danielson was uh, one of Ring of Honor's top stars, and then he went away. CM Punk, uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. Uh, you know, we've had, uh, who else have we had? Uh, Tyler Black, AKA Seth Rollins, uh, 
you know, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, El Generico. Uh, so they've, they've, they've reloaded uh, quite successfully uh, many times over. So it's interesting. So it's going to be interesting to see who the next people up are. And that's going to be something across the Indies in 2019 because uh, these wars of trying to sign people, uh, they're not slowing down, folks. Uh, prophecy fulfilled it's here it is doomsday uh it is signing wars everybody's trying to figure out what's going on especially uh if all elite wrestling uh is is going to be a real thing if they are really going to be a promotion and a real thing then they are gonna they're gonna kind of have the the hard line uh, on these on these internet fans, and they've already figured out how to do that whole thing. Uh, they've thrown all in, uh, so they they know how to serve that market. They filled up uh, an arena, ten thousand people, and there was a whole bunch of people around the country and around the world who uh, would have liked to have been in that arena. I'm not saying that they are gonna come out the gates uh, smashing. WWE, but, uh, you know, for, for guys like, uh, for guys like MLW, uh, for MLW, uh, for guys like MLW, uh, for guys like, um, you know, uh, AIW, uh, for CZW, uh, you know, something like All Elite Wrestling, uh, is, is, is something that may cut into their talent. Um, I know it was, I think it was back in September, uh, Court Bauer said that he was going to start signing MLW guys to contracts. Um, so, uh, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes, uh, going forward. Um, so that's, that's where we are with the quick hits. Uh, now we're going to jump, uh, into Ring of Honor, talk a little Ring of Honor. Uh, for you guys, um, I think I found a, uh, a way to schedule my, uh, my wrestling, <clears throat> wow, uh, my wrestling watching, uh, so, so that way I can, uh, make sure I can consistently get, uh, Ring of Honor covered on the podcast for you guys. I know there's a lot of, I've been seeing online, there's a lot of talk. People are not happy with the Ring of Honor product. Um, I don't know, man. I kind of dig, I kind of still like Ring of Honor. It's, uh, I like, I like what, I, I mean, I can't, nothing that I'm watching right now, I'm not, like, it's to the point where I'm, except for Raw, maybe, where I'm just kind of like, all right, man. You know, and even Raw will surprise me here and there with like some stuff that I actually really like. Uh, but I guess I try to be a more optimistic fan uh, when I'm watching. But you know, crap is crap. Um, but uh, but I, I, I maybe I'm being easier on Ring of Honor just because it's an alternative. It's something different from WWE. If you follow the show, you know I watch a lot of WWE. So anything different automatically is kind of refreshing to me. Anyway, Ring of Honor. Show opens um, 
we're showing like recaps. Uh, we see SCU, SCU in the ring. Um, Scorpio Sky, uh, Frankie Kazarian, um, Christopher Daniels announces that uh, those two have signed uh, with Ring of Honor, so they're gonna be there long term. Uh, but CD Christopher Daniels has not. Um, and his next match coming up against Marty Skrull is his final match on his contract. Um, and that's at final battle. Uh, Marty Skrull comes out and he vows to defeat Christopher Daniels uh, at final battle. Silas, uh, so so then we have the, uh, you know, opening credits, show starts. Uh, Silas Young is out first for the opening match. Um, then our guy, the leader of the Flip Army, Flip Gordon, is out next. Uh, Flip Gordon uh, versus Bully Ray in an I Quit match at Final Battle. Uh, but first off, uh, Flip challenges Silas to an I Quit match right here, right now. Uh, so Silas Young obliges. Um, it is kind of weird that they'd have an I Quit match this close to the pay-per-view on television. But, um, you know, with the way the, that Ring of Honor is... Um, and, you know, people maybe not being able to catch their television show all the time, even though you can watch it on the Fight TV app. Fight, give me a sponsorship. What's up? Uh, you know, even though you can, uh, you can watch it on the Fight TV app and things like that, I could, I can sort of see why they may give away a match like this, uh, to, to drive up hype, uh, for the, for the pay-per-view, uh, to, to get, get more buys, um, Flip Gordon was really aggressive during the match, I'm a fan of aggressive Flip Gordon, uh, I think that he could end up being, a a big star, he has, like, a likability factor, uh, white meat, baby face, but I think that, uh, and, of course, the exciting move set, not as crisp or as clean as guys, like, Pac or Ricochet, but I mean, like, who is, um, or Will Ospreay, right, but, um, but Flip does his thing, I could see him in WWE, uh, being, like, one half of a really over tag team, and he can just kind of still play, like, his, his goofy character, and then the, the partner is is somebody who's uh a little bit stronger and a little bit more of an asshole maybe uh to to kind of balance flip out like Baron Corbin and Flip Gordon somehow i feel like that would be really entertaining that that we could get really entertaining television out of them as a tag team um i don't know but just think about it just think about it Baron Baron Corbin Flip Gordon Baron Corbin, Flip Gordon. Think about it. With how much Baron's in, improved as a general manager, just think about it. Anyway, um, the the match makes even more sense because it ends in a no contest uh, when Bully Ray interferes. Um, then basically, uh, since this is the go-home show for Final Battle, and Final Battle is basically Ring of Honor's WrestleMania, it just turns into 
a uh, hype package show um, talking about all the different matches pretty much. Uh, and then the other match on the show is the main event. Um, the Kingdom is out first, uh, then all together. And then Dalton Castle is out first for the good guys, followed by Ring of Honor champion Jay Lethal. And then Cody. Um, so, uh, Castle, uh, Cody, Castle, and, uh, Lethal end up winning the match. Uh, the finish comes when Dalton Castle, uh, chases off Matt Taven off through the crowd, um, and out of the arena, basically. Uh, so Cody and, and Jay Lethal kind of can't get along, um, but, uh, and tagging each you know, tagging themselves in and all kinds of stuff like that, blind tag, that that whole, you know, deal because they are uh face they faced off at uh final battle uh for the Ring of Honor championship. Um and then uh but they're able to overcome that uh and Cody Rhodes hits the crossroads um for the win. Uh, then Cody Rhodes and Jay Lethal face off. Uh, Cody grabs the mic and says, uh, you know, there's really nothing left to say. I'm ready for final battle. Let's get it. Um, then we have another hype video package, a rundown, a hype for all the matches. And then that is the end of the show uh, for Ring of Honor. So uh, next up. We are going to jump into SmackDown um, and cover SmackDown's go-home show uh, for TLC. Okay, so jumping into SmackDown, uh, the show starts off, uh, there's hype for Asuka versus Charlotte in a WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania rematch. Uh then there's also hype for the new Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali. Um, so that was actually pretty huge. Um, I really like the idea of the cruiserweights uh, being able to float between the brands. Um, and I, I really love them being involved on the, on the main roster. So I, 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 think that's a, I think that's a good look going forward. Um, Daniel Bryan was out first. Uh, for the opening match, uh, Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan, um, he uh, he cuts a promo. Um, so he reminds us that he called the fans sheep last week, um, and then uh, he apologized to sheep for comparing uh, comparing the fans to sheep. Um, then uh then he said that uh sheep aren't destroying the world with their endless consumption um which you know is true they they you know pretty much just stick to the grass that they eat and that's it you know um there is no carbon hoof print um for sheep and uh he says that uh the fans us uh, instead of being sheep, a uh, better description for us is uh, parasites. So, um, Daniel Bryan says uh, that the fans uh, latched on to him. Uh, they latched on to the Yes movement. 
uh, and and all that, and then he says that uh, that the fans are 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 fickle, um, and now the fans have moved on to go ahead and sit on the couch in the house that AJ Styles built, which was a very nice line. I was like, yo, go Daniel Bryan, that's a bar. Um, so uh, he says that uh, the old Daniel Bryan is dead, uh, and he promises to win uh, on Sunday, which is the day today that uh, this is being recorded, if you're, if you're hearing this on a Monday. Um, that's, you know, this is when it was recorded Sunday. Uh, let's see here. Um, he insults Vegas. Uh, he insults Las Vegas a little bit more. Um, and then Mustafa Ali comes out. Uh, he tries to introduce himself. Brian, Daniel Bryan cuts him off. He says he knows who he is. Uh, and even if the idiots in the crowd uh, don't know, um, you know, he, he says that he's a great performer. Uh, Daniel Bryan introduces uh, Mustafa Ali as the heart and soul of 205 Live. Um, and he says that uh, he says that they don't need to have a match. Um, you know, he'll give him advice instead. Uh, and he goes off on all the fans. Um, Mustafa Ali takes this time to ask Daniel Bryan, you know, what happened to you? Uh, and he says that the old Daniel Bryan would love, uh, he says that the old Daniel Bryan would love to, uh, go ahead and have a fight. And that's what, uh, Mustafa Ali wants. He wants a fight, not, you know, advice from the new Daniel Bryan. Um... Daniel Bryan asks uh, Mustafa Ali what kind of car he drives, and uh, Dan and he says that uh, he drives an SUV, and that pissed Daniel Bryan off. So he takes that uh, moment to slap the absolute shit out of uh, Mustafa Ali, and uh, and then we go from there. Um, a really good match, uh, as as you would expect. Um, the match started after the break. Daniel Bryan won, of course, but a uh, competitive match. Uh, Ali got a chance to shine. Hits a pretty sweet uh, Spanish fly off the top. Uh, just some, some really fun stuff. Um, I say that we should give the Cruiserweight champ uh, a spot on every pay-per-view. And... Um, and we should uh, spotlight some of the other feuds that are uh, happening on 205 Live and give them, because uh, we're, you know, we're not going to give the cruiserweights their own pay-per-view. Okay, I see that. Uh, so, so give them some spots. If we're not going to give them spots on the main roster pay-per-views, which I can understand that, uh, then, then let a 205 live feud have a match on a takeover if it's not for the if it's not for the cruiserweight title then let you know let us have let us have tony niece uh in a grudge match versus uh you know akira tozawa uh 
at takeover um and it could be a takeover that's not uh affiliated with one of the with one of the big four shows like just a just a you know takeover chicago or something like that i i think that would be i think that would be interesting and uh and definitely another way to get uh to get fans into and behind the uh, the cruiserweight division and the 205 guys. Um, and they're obviously trying to, uh, get the 205 guys, uh, more involved. Um, so, so why not? Uh, more, more opportunities, more chances for them to, to, to show off their exciting in-ring style and, um, more more opportunities uh for them to get in front of the wwe universe so um i think it's it's something worth looking into uh, let's see um next up uh after after daniel bryan and mustafa ali um oh actually after the match uh Daniel Bryan attacks Mustafa Ali on the ramp. So, you know, just to just to solidify that he's a heel for you guys. Um next up we have hype for uh TL for the TLC uh pay-per-view that is today. We're going to get to the results of that in just a little bit. Um so there's hype for that. Uh the new day uh comes out and they are hosting a rap battle, uh, a rap battle between the Usos and uh, the Bar. Uh, so the Bar is, the Bar has bars, right? Right. Um, the Usos come out looking like themselves because they're already, uh, they're already pretty uh, hip hop in in lifestyle and gimmick. Um, the, the bar ends up, uh, getting, getting dressed up in Adidas track suits and, uh, and Kangle hats. Uh, so that's, uh, that's how the bar tries to, uh, emulate hip hop. Uh, the bar performs Ice Ice Shamey. Uh, that's right. Ice Ice Shamey. Uh, so... So that was uh yeah, I don't know. Uh <laughs> it's it was it was out there. Um if you have a chance, search this out on YouTube. Um it was it was honestly pretty funny, uh more funny than I expected it to be. The Usos actually uh have some rap talent. Uh I I feel like the, the Usos could uh, could could actually bar somebody up um if they if they wanted to uh the uso penitentiary uh they they got bars for real so um i feel like this you know this and the the battle neither this nor the battle uh, with the new day was their first time uh experimenting with 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 rap battle uh so uh so it is 
so that's so that so that is something uh that that the usos are they seem to be familiar with um so it's a definitely interesting to see on smackdown um then uh let's see here of course the rap battle ends with a brawl between all three teams um oh you mad because i'm styling on you uh the bar ends up standing tall at the end of it all uh oscar's backstage uh she says that she thought nobody would be ready uh for oscar and she says she was wrong she wasn't ready uh she made one mistake at wrestlemania and uh, and uh, she stopped kicking Charlotte. She says that she will not stop at TLC and that she'll win the title. But first, tonight, Charlotte isn't ready for Asuka. Um, back from break, The Miz is in the ring with uh, the trophy from Crown Jewel. Uh, Miz says that it's Shane's week for custody, but he has something on his mind. And he's not returning the trophy till Shane comes out. Uh, out and talks to him. Miz starts begging Shane to come out. Shane finally comes down to the ring. Uh, Shane definitely isn't a heel in Vegas um, as the crowd is popping huge for him. Uh, He asks Miz if he's okay. Uh, Miz says that he hasn't been able to get through uh, that he hasn't been able to get through to Shane. No answers to his calls or texts. Miz says that him and Shane would be so good together if Shane just gives them a chance. He knows Shane is scared, and he's scared too. Uh, but they owe it to themselves to tag again. Uh, big pause uh, on the Miz's behalf for for that. Um, Shane says it wasn't even really a match. It was just Miz TV. Uh, Shane also says that uh, the trophy thing is getting really weird. Uh, Miz says that the trophy is just a symbol and Miz says that he's going to show Shane what's up. He calls a ref down um, and starts an impromptu match against some jobbers called the Vegas Boys. Uh, one of them kind of reminds me of uh, of Neck, Wide Neck, uh, the meme guy who's blowing up, Wide Neck. Um, so uh, he, uh, the match starts and Shane just just basically just beats these two guys up by himself uh one dude taps out while in a triangle um this angle is interesting uh apparently it's uh leading to a miz face turn and shane going heel uh miz is top notch and he owns his character he's able to make uh, he's able to make most stuff that he's involved with interesting uh so i am just really trying to see what he's gonna do with this uh back from break Paige is backstage. She's chewing out the ref uh, for running the the match that that Miz uh, that Miz set up. Uh, the the ref says that Miz told them she sanctioned the match. Um, so that was cool that they addressed that logic loophole. Uh, hopefully that's something that they keep doing, but I doubt it. Um, but it does aid in allowing us as fans to. Uh, an immersion, being able to just, you know, get lost in the product. Uh, The jobbers then come in, they get to talk, uh, they hand invoices over to Paige, and they tell her, like, Miz said that uh, we was getting paid five racks each. So uh, she rips up the invoices, 
and uh, kicks kicks everybody out of the office. Uh, back in the arena, Randy Orton is headed to the ring. He brings in a chair and tells us how great uh, chairs are and how they can be used to make statements. Uh, he shows footage of of uh, when he fucked up uh, Rey Mysterio uh, over the past couple of weeks. Um, Randy Orton seems incredulous that uh, Rey, Mysterio, Rey Mysterio is okay with having this match. Um, he talks about how sick and twisted uh, he is. And then Rey surprises Randy Orton, pops up uh, with a chair uh, and hits him with some chair shots. Uh, Randy Orton bails from the ring um, after eating a six-one-nine, and then we have uh, then we're hype leading up to today. Uh, backstage, the man Becky Lynch arrives. Uh, Kayla Braxton asks Becky if uh, if she has an advantage since Oscar and Charlotte fight tonight. Uh, she says no. Her fir- her first match back is one of the most dangerous matches there is against two of the best. Uh, but she's a fighting champ and she loves beating the odds. Uh, she's gonna remind people what happens when the man comes around. And on that note, never, never, ever, ever leave again, Becky. Please. Uh, Jeff Hardy is out first for the next match. He's teaming with Rusev, uh, who comes out next. Uh, Rusev is followed by Samoa Joe out first for the heels and then Nakamura. Uh, before the match starts, R-Truth and Carmella pop out on the stage for a dance break. Uh, the state, uh, the match begins after that uh, with a kick to the head from Nakamura uh, to Hardy. Uh, Hardy ends up getting the last laugh uh, because... Uh, him and Rusev win on a Machka kick from Rusev. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how things go. I was thinking that maybe that might lead to a Rusev Nakamura U.S. title match uh, at TLC, but that was not to be. Uh, so I'm guessing that maybe Nakamura and Rusev uh, start up a feud. Um, start up a feud uh, leading to royal rumble so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there um let's see here uh shane backstage chews out the miz for uh for everything uh miz says that he was never thought of as the best in the world till he started working with shane um and then shane just walks off without shaking the miz's hand so right now we're starting to see uh looks like they're making the Miz more of a sympathetic figure and Shane getting annoyed with the Miz uh is going to uh have him start looking uh a little bit more and more like a jerk and less and less like a face. So uh so it looks like that's where we're headed. Uh, um let's see here. Uh, back from break, uh, there's a video package on the Daniel Bryan, uh, AJ Styles feud. Uh, Kayla Braxton asked AJ about Daniel. Uh, he says that this isn't a new Daniel Bryan. He says it's the real Daniel Bryan, and he's going to win on Sunday. 
uh next oscar's out first then we take a break back from break kayla braxton asked charlotte about tonight's match uh charlotte says that she's gonna give the man and the empress a preview of what she'll do at tlc uh charlotte goes down to the ring becky's music hits and she comes down to the ring uh to watch uh so it was a solid match below their mania match quality but that's to be expected because this is uh you know this is just a storytelling device this is just uh building up for tlc and and adding to all of that uh there's no real finish to the match oscar's locking in the oscar lock uh they tumble to the outside charlie gets the kendo stick and attacks oscar for the dq uh becky stands up to watch charlotte attacks her too uh, then Becky starts giving, uh, Charlotte the work, uh, then, then Oscar fucks everybody up with the kendo stick, and the show ends with Oscar standing tall, um, I was saying that hopefully she would still be relevant after the pay-per-view, uh, I think that Oscar is going to be very relevant after this pay-per-view, um, but before we get to our... Uh, thoughts and recap of TLC. Let's jump into NXT. Uh, video package hype for EC3 versus Bobby Fish. Also, Ricochet versus a mystery opponent for the uh, North American title. Show opens uh, with hype for Reina Gonzalez versus uh, Mia Yim. Uh, the winner is entered into a number one contender fatal four way. Uh, so number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Undisputed Era all comes out together with Bobby Fish. Uh, they make their way to the ring uh, for the first match of the evening. Uh, Adam Cole takes the mic and says that they are starting the holidays early uh, because um, Bobby Fish uh, embarrassed the top 1% of morons like EC3. He says in 2018, EC3 thought he'd go to New Heights and NXT, but he found out it was the Undisputed Era's world. Uh, 2018 wasn't, uh, wasn't a career year. It was the start of a decade of dominance uh, for the Undisputed Era. In 2019, they'll all be draped in gold, and I believe every single word of that promo. Um, EC3 is still able to get the people behind him, though. Uh, he's It's full sail. Uh, he has ridiculous charisma, but hopefully he gets a real story to sink his teeth into, or he just goes ahead and starts his main roster run uh, coming up here in, uh, right after the Royal Rumble. Like, debut in the Rumble, and then just get to main roster stuff, because NXT, uh, everything he's doing in nxt just kind of feels like filler uh like like we're just waiting on something uh he beats bobby fish with a roll-up small package uh he immediately gets attacked uh by undisputed era after the match uh then heavy machinery comes down for the save uh they fight off the undisputed era um kyle o'reilly ends up eating the one percent and uh the worm elbow drop from Dozovich. Uh, so fun match. Um, but this still doesn't feel like anything serious for EC3. Uh, also feels like, f uh, fi 
it also feels like filler uh, for the Undisputed Era as well. Uh, earlier today, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can feel the air quotes when I say earlier today like that, but just so you know, those were air quotes. Uh, earlier today, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai are uh, together. Uh, they got asked about Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. Uh, Dakota Kai says that they aren't going to take them interfering in Shayna's matches. Uh, Io says that she doesn't want them to hurt her friend. Uh, and then she gives uh, Dakota Kai a hug. Um, they challenge them to a tag match next week. So uh, Duke and Shafir are getting in the ring. Um, and that just means that we're getting closer to the four horsewomen versus four, four horsewomen. And I am ready. Um, let's see here. Next up, the Mighty are out first uh, for the next match. And there's a report going around that Nick Miller of the Mighty has been released from NXT from WWE. So that sucks. Um, because it seemed like the Mighty were were getting in position for some kind of a push. or or they, Or you could see them getting onto the main roster. Uh... And I don't know, man. Maybe fill, I guess they'd probably just be filling out numbers, but I don't know. They they have so much potential. They could be really good. Um, if Nick Miller is gone, uh, Shane Thorne, and Shane Thorne's gone soon, uh, I they could make a they could end up being a very welcome addition over at Ring of Honor or Impact or in. New Japan, uh, so the mighty don't kneel. Check that out. Stream it on uh, on iTunes or Spotify because I have that song. I have a song called "The Mighty Don't Kneel." Anyway, uh, they uh, let's see here. The mighty are out first. Uh, Only Lorkin and Danny Birch are out next. Uh, doesn't take long for all four to start brawling. Um, Birch and Lorkin are, are are doing their thing. Uh, NXT is just stacked with tag teams right now. That's kind of what I was getting at just a minute ago. Street Profits, Heavy Machinery, Undisputed Era. Uh, these two teams, uh, the Mighty, uh, Oni Lorkin, Danny Birch, um, the War Raiders, the Forgotten Sons. Uh, so there's a bunch of teams now that are, are entertaining and have different characters, looks, gimmicks. Uh, develop two or three feuds outside of the title feud and give all those teams time to deliver in the ring and also backstage uh, promo time for us to connect with with their characters and gimmicks. And, you know, we've got another golden age of, of tag team, of tag teams. Like, um, you know, we, we talk about all the time about uh, Edge and Christian, uh, the Dudleys, uh you know uh, the Hardys and all those teams that were around during that time um and even outside of those three who those were obviously who the division was centered around but there were there were other teams Test and Albert uh you know TNA uh there were the the APA there were other teams that weren't the main attraction but they were still really over and uh they were still able to be in the mix and they didn't even have to be in the title mix. They could just be in other stories and have other things going on. And it was, it was just uh, a really fun division to watch at the time. 
Um, next, there's a recap of Aleister Black invoking his rematch clause for TakeOver Phoenix. Uh, Johnny Gargano had interrupted. Ciampa goaded them into a steel cage match, and we're going to see that next week. Uh, we get a selfie promo from Johnny Gargano. He says that uh, he still says he did nothing wrong. He says that uh, next week he um, he said he did nothing wrong, and uh, next week it's uh, it's going down. Uh, Mia Yim defeats Reina Gonzalez and advances to the Fatal Four Way uh, for the uh, number one contenders match or number one contendership for the women's NXT championship. Uh, Ricochet then is out first for the main event. Uh, Tyler Breeze is the surprise opponent. The crowd uh, is huge into his return to NXT. Uh, Ricochet, of course, gets the win, stands tall. And uh, good time, fun match. Um, We need more Prince Pretty on television. Uh, next up, we're going to jump right into Impact, Impact Wrestling. Uh, so then we have a video recap of last week, uh, Willie Mack versus Jake Crist. Uh, Ali is descending further into darkness. Uh, Ethan Page uh, beat Matt Seidel uh, to go to the Ultimate X match at Homecoming. Uh, Eli Drake... Um, got an invitation to a monster's ball uh from abyss and the rascals uh are kicking it with scarlet bordeaux um trying to i guess get in her good graces um raven is in the insane asylum with eddie edwards uh and then cage saves taya and johnny impact from moose and killer cross is also there uh, and Tessa was also beefing with Taya. So uh, then Brian Cage has a face-off with Johnny Impact. So a lot happened uh, previously on Impact. And then we get into the show. Uh, the opening match is Rich Swan versus Dave Crist and an Ultimate X qualifier for homecoming. Uh, Rich Swan ends up winning this match with a roll-up. Uh, seems like that match never quite made it into second gear, uh, but I guess it was because there was stuff that was going to happen in the post-match um, that they had to uh, save energy for. Um, so, uh, after the match, um, the Christ brothers start beating down Rich Swan. Um, Sammy Callahan stops them, and then Willie Max music hits. Uh, he takes out the Chris, and then he goes after uh, he goes after Sammy Callahan. Uh, but then Rich Swan saves Sammy, uh, which is which is kind of weird. And Sammy Callahan, like I said, he stopped the Chris brothers from attacking Rich Swan. Um, so it seems like uh, commentary definitely definitely plays it up. Um, also, Rich Swan, they they played up as as the two of them having some sort of understanding. Um, so, Sammy then makes uh, Sammy then makes the Chris brothers leave. So, just when I think I'm bored of OVE, 
um, they they do something to to keep me interested. So this is a this is another thing I'm interested. I'm back on board. So uh, I definitely want to see where this Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan thing is going. Um, Moose is backstage with Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh, Moose says that he got her a gift, but one of his other girls stole it. Legendary. Uh, Moose says that machines die, but legends live forever. And tonight, Cage will find out why he's a legend. Heel Moose is uh, tons of fun for me. Uh, sometimes I wonder what would have happened if he went to NXT instead of Impact. Um, like if he had a if he had a showed up, because uh, I feel that like he's he's really good and he's got his his promo down. Um, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes his. Uh, well, no, he's he's really good and he's got he's got his character down, but uh, his promos uh, could use work sometimes. And then it seems like he has a little bit of a lisp. Um, I know that WWE helped uh, Jack Swagger with his lisp and also Cody Rhodes. Uh, so so maybe there's something that they have down at the performance center where they could have. Uh, they could kind of fix up his promos a little bit, but other than that, uh, I think that's the that's the only thing that's lacking with with Moose is he's he's killing it uh, with with the with the character work. It's just uh, sometimes those promos uh, are just not quite as tight as they could be, and that uh, that kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, let's see here. Uh, back from break, Willie Mack asked Rich Swan, uh, why he pulled him off of Sammy Callahan. Rich just says, you know, he doesn't want to go down that route. Uh, Rich says that he's known Sammy for years and he knows how crazy it can get. Uh, he tells Willie to just back off. So like I said, very intriguing. Um, and there is history, uh, Rich Swan and... Sammy Callahan both have worked in WWE uh, together. They have both worked in CZW. They've been in a lot of different indies. So uh, just really, there's there's a lot that they can play off of here. Uh, so I'm just really interested to see where this, uh, how they're going to go about this. Um, let's see. In ring, Josh Matthews talks up the history of the knockouts title he name drops uh mickey james gail kim uh angelina love and others uh he transitions into hype of tessa blanchard uh versus taya valkyrie who he introduces to the ring first uh she seems as uh as if she's in good spirits even uh dances a bit on her way down to the ring uh for the crowd uh they chant uh, Vera Loca, Vera Loca, uh, Tessa comes out with, uh, just a total badass vibe, black leather jacket and all, uh, no games, and they're treating this like a huge match, and a huge feud, um, so I'm here for it, uh, Matthews asks about the rivalry, uh, between Tessa and Taya, uh, Taya, Talks about the shortcuts that Tessa has taken to keep the title. Uh, Taya calls Tessa a poor example of a champ and knockout. And uh, she says that she'll win the title. 
Um, Taya needs a lot of work on her promo still, but uh, she still has charisma and she's likable and she has the in-ring credibility for this feud to work. Um, so she... Uh, and, and another thing with Taya, I feel like uh, with as far as her promos, you know, wrestling a lot of uh, a lot in Mexico and even being the ch- a top champ there where you don't have to speak English. And it seems like just there you don't have to even speak as much as you would in American promotions. Uh, so, I mean, it makes sense that there there would be uh, some issues with with the promos, um, but, uh, Tessa seems incredulous that, uh, Taya even questioned how she conducts herself as champ, uh, she asked how Taya would know, um, seeing as how all her knowledge of being champ comes from watching Johnny Impact, and he's not even that good, ouch, burn, uh, Tessa then says that she's, always been uh that uh tessa says that taya has always been a challenger uh tessa says that taya uh is a loser just like all the fans uh tessa tells taya on january 6th she'll have to take it from her and nobody has been able to do that um so let's go uh, Tessa is just so good. Uh, she can she can carry this entire feud on the mic easily uh, by herself. Taya doesn't even need to speak. Um, Matthews says that Impact Management has appointed a special guest ref uh, for the match. And then that's when Gail Kim's music hits. Uh, Tessa loses her shit. Uh, really, Gail Kim was the only choice for this position. Um, and now the name dropping earlier makes sense. Uh, something that gets added to the match to make it even bigger. I'm rolling with it. Uh, back from break, Tessa's still freaking out backstage. She says that they're stacking the odds against her. Uh, said that she respects Gail, but will need, um, but will run through her if need be. Uh, next up, Trevor Lee enters first for the Ultimate X qualifier. Uh, Trey Miguel is next. Trevor Lee is a three-time X Division champion, and you never know it uh, because they don't treat him as such. The X the X Division title is basically the second most important title in uh, TNA history, and no love for Trevor Lee. Uh, wild guess uh, is that's why he's uh, dipping and headed to NXT. Um, all of the rascals, uh, like Trey Miguel here, uh, they're they're all fun to watch. Um, I just wish that they did something other than that little finger waggle shit that they do. Uh, looks super lame. Um, Trey Miguel gets the win on a Hurricane Rana out of nowhere uh, to get the last spot in Ultimate X. Next up, the Lucha Brothers uh, backstage. Uh, Pentagon isn't sure why they have static with LAX uh, so, since they're all family, but if it's got to be there, then it can be addressed in the ring. Uh, Pentagon says that they'll win and they'll come to M- and that they came to Impact to prove that they are the best tag team in the world. Uh, Phoenix sells, tells Santana that they're going at it tonight. Pause. Uh, Pentagon reminds us that they have Cero Medio. Uh, zero fear. Um, 
and uh, let's see here. Back from break, uh, live from the underworld, we got Allie uh, kicking it with Sue Young. She says that Allie is gone, uh, then says that she's here, but not uh, not what she once was. She says that the end is the beginning, and the beginning is the end, uh, and then says that the time has come. So I think at this point, we're all ready for... Uh, Rosemary to show up and uh, return Allie uh, back to her normal self. Um, I mean, I am enjoying like the evil undead Allie, but at this point, like I'm ready. I want I want Rosemary to pop up. Like I I kind of feel bad for Allie, and I think that's what they want us to feel. So, good job, guys. Uh, small video package uh, hyping up LAX versus the Lucha Brothers at. Homecoming, then backstage, Conan scolds them for beefing with the Lucha Brothers and says that they're on their own. Uh, after break, break, Phoenix out first uh, with Pentagon, then Santana out with Ortiz. Uh, this didn't seem anywhere close to full speed, but of course it wouldn't. Uh, they gotta save it for they gotta save it for the pay per view. Uh, side note: Phoenix rolling cutter spot is always flames. I'm always gonna pop for that. Uh, Phoenix gets the win over Santana, uh, but the tag match is going to be really great. Um, commentary was really gassing this match. Um, they had them like hype it up as a classic, but I get what they're doing. They're trying to get us. Um, they're trying to hype up the tag match because uh, that tag match has a chance to be uh, an early contender for match of the year in 2019. Uh, so let's see here. Um backstage killer cross is with Mackenzie mitchell uh she asked about him siding with taya and johnny impact last week or at least seeming like he did um johnny impact doesn't really give him much time to talk he shows up um to tell cross to stay away from him um and taya he shoves him against a fence uh cross kind of laughs it off um interesting will cross drag Johnny Impact to the dark side. Uh, you know, what's this about? Uh, so back from break, Kira Hogan is talking about Allie. Uh, she never thought that Allie would hurt her. Uh, she, But, you know, last week she realized Allie is gone. Uh, she said that she'd have Allie's back till the end. Well, this is the end. Now it's time to fight. Uh, so glad to see Kira Hogan be more than just a sidekick now. Uh, next up, we have Raven. He's showing in the asylum, talking to some jobber and playing chess. Uh, Eli Drake shows up. He blames Raven uh, for hardcore garbage wrestling. He tells Raven that he could beat Raven at his own game and that he's going to beat Abyss and the Monsters Ball. Uh, back from break, commentary breaks down the show thus far. Hypes up Homecoming. Uh, there's a girl uh, behind uh, Cyrus the Virus. And uh, Josh Matthews, and she's just like really intense with these pom poms, and it was uh, it was hilarious and frustrating all at once. Um, next up, Ruby Rays is uh, accompanied by Katarina. Katarina has gotten a ringer to face Jordan Grace. Uh, you guys know that I'm a huge Jordan Grace mark. Uh, Ruby Rays has a size advantage on Jordan Grace. Um, and so they use that to add, like, a different dimension to the match uh, than what Jordan Grace usually has. 
uh, Grace gets the win after a powerbomb on Ruby and a muscle buster on Katarina where she slams Katarina onto Ruby. Uh, Grace continues to be built up. Uh, so we're just waiting for her to eventually enter the knockouts title picture. Uh, Gama Singh is uh, backstage with the new Desi Hit Squad uh, when Scarlet Bordeaux appears. Uh, she she says that uh, the new Desi Hit Squad should fight KM and Falaba, uh, and then and that's that. So Scarlet, man, she went from being interesting and a potentially fun character. Um, I thought they could do a whole lot with her with the whole hot shaming and then just how the climate is with feminism and all that, but, and, and have like an interesting character that is, uh, an interesting new character, you know, um, that's, that's current, that's, that's culturally relevant. Um, but she went from being interesting to just being a boring, unfunny comedy filler character. And that's sad. Um, there's still a chance to do a whole lot more with her, and as far as the main show, I know, like, on TNA, on Explode, Impact Explosion, and stuff like that, I think she's had some matches, but, um, as far as the regular show, they haven't really, uh, explored the in-ring possibilities with her at all yet, um, so, yeah. The main event time, Moose is out first, uh, Brian Cage is out next, uh, this had already been on my list of dream matches, so uh, I would like to think that this is why Brian Cage signed with Impact, because he remembered the Twitter exchange that we had, uh, where I told him about this match, and he was like, yo, <laughs> that, that that qualified kid, I gotta make this happen. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the uh, they introduce each other before the um, before the, or they introduce the wrestlers before the bell rings, or, or before the break, back from break, the bell rings, uh, they face off a bit before getting into the shits, um, this is another match that didn't quite get in the full gear, uh, but it also makes, makes sense in this regard, Brian Cage hits a powerbomb, uh, but his knees buckle scarily, that was crazy, um, finish comes when Eddie Edwards just pops up out of nowhere in a hospital gown, and attacks Moose, uh, the crowd seems into it, uh, Eddie continues the beat down, and, uh, he looks for Kenny, the kendo stick, uh, Moose eventually gets away, and, um, and that's that, Eddie Edwards is one of their most over characters, so we'll see how this goes, um, I'm not necessarily stoked for it, per se, uh, but I'll let it rock and, and we'll see what happens. So that's impact. Uh, and now, uh, we're going to, instead of, uh, going over raw, I'm just going to go over the results for, um, I'm going to go over the results for, uh, TLC and what we think of that. And then talk a little bit about, uh, final battle in regards uh to the elite to, to the elite and then we'll wrap it up all right so uh jumping into TLC here um the show kicked off with the mixed match challenge finals 
uh, Carmella and R-Truth versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Uh, Carmella and R-Truth win, and they both get to enter at number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Um, so that's that's cool. Um, the Mixed Match Challenge uh, with all the injuries and all the different things and the way that the teams had to switch up so much. Um, R-Truth and Carmella being able to um, get a put together a unit that gets over with the on the main roster and they got dance break over and all that stuff so um it's a nice reward to to give them this win and to give both of them the uh number 30 spot especially our truth it's meaningless but it's it's still cool um next match was the usos versus the bar versus the new day uh, the bar retains on a Sheamus Broke kick. Uh, these three teams will always have good matches, but it would be nice to have a real story or just something more with them. Um, it also would be a good time to have like a new team debut or or something uh, because like basically it's always just going to be some sort of variation of these three teams battling it out uh for for the uh for the tag titles as long as they're on the same brand and uh and even though they they have really good matches you don't want to wear that out like you don't want to just be like okay let's just put these guys in the ring like because eventually like that's just not even going to mean anything like yeah all these great all these great moves and all these great spots but like if if there's no story, like, if there's nothing to it, then what's the point? So, uh, it would be a good time to, um, to have a new team debut or to, or to activate one of those, or to activate one of those teams that they have, like, uh, put the good brothers on a run. Let's, let's make something happen there. Like, uh, you know, uh, once the bludgeon brothers get healthy again, let's, let's throw them back into the mix um, you know, just, just something, uh, let's see, next up, uh, Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman, um, so Heath Slater is now a ref, and he's the ref for this match, um, Baron Corbin cuts a promo, gloating about being the new general manager, um, you know, and then he says once uh, once Heath Slater counts to ten, then he's going to be the GM. Uh, so they get to seven uh, before Braun Strowman's music hits, and he comes down with his arm in a sling. Uh, Braun Strowman grabs a mic. Strowman reminds Corbin that there's no DQs in a TLC match, and if he wanted to get help in the match, it would be perfectly legal. So all of a sudden, Apollo Cruz pops up with a chair. Then Bobby Roode and Chad Gable show up with chairs, and then Finn pops up, uh, and then Heath Slater takes off his ref shirt and drops Corbin, uh, crowd pops, and right at that moment, I just had to take a little second and let you guys know, uh, man, Heath Slater is not used enough, dude is able to, always able to get the crowd behind him, uh, he doesn't have to be a world champ, but he could be great in the mid card, um, you know, just something throw my man Heath Slater a bone 
Uh, but anyway, Corbin gets rocked with chairs. And finally, the guy everybody's been waiting for, Kurt Angle. His music hits and uh, Corbin tries to head up the ramp. Angle starts fucking Corbin up. Everybody hits finishers on Baron Corbin. And then uh, Braun puts his foot on Corbin's chest and Braun wins. Corbin is no longer the GM. Uh, I'm on the fence about this because, like, in theory and just the way, like, it all played out, it's like, oh, yeah, this should be great. Like, everybody should be super excited. Like, finally, you know, the shitty GM gets his comeuppance. But I don't know. It was just something about it that just kind of felt flat for me. So, uh, so I don't know. Even though this is basically what I was calling for. Like, I was like, you know, they should they should do this. But I don't know. Something about it just kind of felt fell flat uh but i feel like 12 year old me or like 11 year old me would have just like really popped for this like i would have been super into it uh anyway ruby riot versus natalia in a tables match uh this match was pretty uh was pretty off the wall pretty crazy uh Liv morgan ends up going through a table uh natty called ruby a bitch uh, Natty body slam Sarah Logan through a table. Uh, then later on in the match, uh, leading towards the finish, Natty pulls out a table, and uh, you, you're, Ruby Riot had the table with uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart on it. Uh, Natty set up a table, and she has Ruby Riot on it. Um, and then she goes under the ring and puts on her dad's jacket. So once she puts on her dad's jacket, I'm like, all right, man, she better win this shit. And then it seems like she's just taking forever to set up the table. So I'm like, oh, okay, fuck. Natty's totally going to lose. Uh, so they tease some spots like Natty will lose, but she's finally able to uh, powerbomb Ruby from the second rope through the table, uh, through the Ruby Riot table. So that was cool. Um, and she, like, you know, she pointed to the sky and put on her dad's glasses and stuff like that. And it was, uh, honestly, it was kind of cheesy. Um, but you can tell that, uh, or at least I hope, uh, it, it looks like, and I'm sure it did, uh, looks like it, it meant, it, it meant something to Natty, like it was important to her doing that. So, uh, so if that's the case, then, you know, I support it, but, um, it wasn't, I wouldn't really say it was my cup of tea. It wasn't one of those moments that hit me like, oh, wow. Like, you know, um, but I don't know. It just, it all, it seems like a lot of that with Natty, like it just seen her acting that side of it. It always just seems like she's, seems like she's trying. So I don't know, but maybe that, that, maybe that's just me, but I, I still like her as an in-ring performer and it's still RIP to the Anvil and always respect her and her family um let's see here next up drew mcintyre versus finn balor uh pretty good match um in ring all of a sudden Dolph ziggler shows up and hits drew with a super kick uh drew ends up fighting back bringing Dolph into the ring refs uh starts trying to stop him uh finn hits a basement drop kick and then the coup de gras for the win um, and that's that, uh, piggybacking off of that ends up leading to, uh, Dolph and Finn having some words backstage, um, and, um, 
and then we we end up with a uh uh Finn Finn and Dolph having some work backstage some words backstage and uh tomorrow on Monday Night Raw they're gonna have a match um next up Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio chairs match uh Rey Mysterio got the victory um got the win on a victory roll uh, he sent Orton face first into the chairs and then victory rolls him out of the chairs. One, two, three. Uh, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey wins the match. Uh, despite whatever problems uh, we may have had with the build, uh, these two definitely delivered in between the ropes. Ronda's really good. Uh, she Every match, she gets better. Uh, she wins on an arm bar. After the match, uh, Becky comes across Nia backstage and she drops her uh the man reigns supreme next up Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles uh, now up until this point like at this point you're not going to be able to complain about WWE pay-per-views like the matches sucking because they're just not good in the ring it, it if anything it's more like this is boring because they didn't tell me enough of a story before they put this match on uh so the match there's not there's never really going to be much to complain about as far as match quality it's more quality of the build and the payoff that you're supposed to be getting like was it satisfying um this pay-per-view is just really middle of the road up until uh for me it was just kind of like all right man like there's no bad matches but like i don't give a shit about anything um up until this daniel bryan and aj styles match uh i'm a huge i've been a daniel bryan mark for years uh big fan of heel daniel bryan uh daniel bryan started off early healing in this match uh jumping out of the ring stalling uh, there was a sick spot where uh, AJ goes for the styling DDT and then Brian blocks it and hits like multiple knees and then what looks like a swinging net breaker. Uh, these these guys, uh, these two are two of my favorite uh, in-ring competitors um, and they just killed it. Daniel Bryan wins a hard-fought match after reversing a small package. Um, and that was one thing that was really cool, the finish. Um, both of these guys are are just wizards in the ring and i feel like that finish played up on that um by having them uh you know by having him win on a reversal of a of a small package like that's such a technical move where like both of these guys are just so good that like it's gonna come down to something like a roll-up reversal like to win uh so i I uh I really appreciated this match. Uh good stuff. Um pay-per-view was kind of like eh uh like borderline snooze fest up until then. So that that match for me personally, uh that match brought me back into it. So I'm like, "Okay, cool. Let's see what's happening now." Uh then this next match I thought was going to continue that Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Uh but I feel like this match, I don't know what the deal was. Uh it yeah uh dean ambrose's new purge siren addition to his theme song is fine by me um i kind of like them injecting some realism with uh renee's annoyance with with graves trying to ask her opinions about dean and this whole situation but it also feels a little uncomfortable 
I guess that's the goal, and it makes everything feel a bit more real about this feud. Um, Dean wins the match, but the match really just just dragged and dragged and dragged. Uh, even got this is boring chance. Um, honestly, I don't really feel it was so much the match because nothing in the match that they did was really bad, uh, and it kind of makes sense in the way that they've been building this feud, Dean's just, you know, off the rails, and it seems like he would be trying to, like, you know, fuck with Seth, and it would be, like, a slower, more methodical type pace to the match, but, um, just coming off the heels of that Daniel Bryan and, um, that Daniel Bryan AJ match where you have a heel who's kind of like in the same vein as Dean but I feel like uh Daniel Bryan's a whole lot easier to understand and he's just killing it a whole lot better right now uh Dean is Dean is doing really good too but like I feel like a lot of his heel work like when he's doing stuff like people are it's just over people's heads like they just don't understand what's happening um but uh I don't know, with it, I don't know, it was just something off with this match, it didn't quite click, uh, and I think with it being right after Daniel Bryan and AJ, and that being such a good match, and then everybody just being ready to see the man, Becky Lynch, um, you know, it was just, it was just a weird spot for this match, and it was too long, and it was just, no, um, but we'll see what Dean as champ looks like. I'm kind of ready to see him against somebody else already. Uh, but, of course, Seth has that rematch clause. Uh, now, next up, the main event. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Asuka. TLC match for the women's Smack, uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. This match was crazy. Uh, Asuka put Charlotte through a table. Slammed Becky on a ladder, too. Uh, the ladies were showed no fear in taking the TLC bumps. Uh, Charlotte hits her moonsault, of course. Uh, Jack, Becky jumped off a ladder through Charlotte through the announce table uh, while Asuka moved out of the way. Uh, Asuka was fucking everybody up, and then uh, Charlotte speared her through the barricade. Just awesome. Uh, Charlotte hits a swanton on Becky off the top rope through a table on the outside. Um, and then the finish... Uh, comes when Charlotte and Ronda, or Charlotte and Becky are fighting on top of the ladder, and then Ronda comes down to the ring, tips over the ladder. Charlotte and Becky both go down. Asuka takes advantage and wins the title. Holy shit! Holy fucking shit! Um, so that's crazy. Uh, Ronda had said earlier in the pay per view that Payback's a bitch, so she came down to the ring. Um, and she takes out both Charlotte and Becky. Um, it's, it's happening, guys. This is not a drill. Four, four horsewomen time. Four horsewomen feud. Um, I'm thinking maybe a triple threat at, uh, triple threat at Mania with, um, Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. Um, and then that's when, uh, Shayna and Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir uh, get involved as well. 
on Rhonda's behalf, and then Charlotte and Becky, uh, or Charlotte and Becky, and then uh, Sasha and Bailey come and 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 get a come to Charlotte and Becky's aid. That's what I'm predicting is going to happen at WrestleMania. So uh, I'm really excited, looking looking forward to to seeing that. Um, and then Asuka as champ on SmackDown. That's also going to be really intriguing. That's really interesting. Um, and I feel like they they saw, they know that Asuka's over. Um, they saw that, you know, people were really intrigued about having Asuka versus Ronda too. So, uh, so, so Asuka's gonna, <clears throat> Asuka's gonna be in the mix going forward. Uh, so there's, so there's just a lot of, uh, there's just a lot going on. Uh, it's really interesting, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, now you can tell that things are starting to heat up, road to WrestleMania time, so, uh, so yeah, we'll see what's going on there, um, okay, real quick, before we get out of here, um, Ring of Honor Final Battle, um, let's see here, so, uh, I'm not gonna go through like the. We're not gonna go through the entire, uh, the entire card, and stuff like that. But um, just, uh, just the matches uh, featuring the guys, the elite, and as, as that goes, uh, just kind of tying it back to our quick hits uh, at the beginning. It really seems as though Ring of Honor is preparing for the elite to depart. Uh, Hangman Page lost uh, to Jeff Cobb, um, and he he put uh, you know so that was a, that was a hard fought, fought match. Um, Hangman made Jeff Cobb look really really good. He put him over strong. Um, and then uh, let's see here we had uh, Marty Skrull, uh ends up beating Christopher Daniels. Um, Marty Skrull, uh, Christopher Daniels taps out to, uh, the chicken wing, um, and, uh, so Marty Skrull's, uh, still doing his thing, and we also see that Marty Skrull's, uh, starting up villain, uh, villain enterprises, uh, so it's gonna be him, uh, Brody King and PCO all together, uh, Ring Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, Jay Lethal ends up uh, beating Cody. Uh, before the match, Cody told the fans that he doesn't like them, and that's why he's not going to be at the Madison Square Garden show. Um, so, so that was interesting. Um, Cody, Cody playing heel, uh, and then the. Uh, the Briscoes uh, won the ladder war for the ROH uh, World Tag Team Championship, so they beat uh, SCU and the Young Bucks um, in a in a crazy match. Uh, so it's you know n- nobody from the only guy who uh, the only guy from the Elite who kind of ended up standing tall at the end of everything is. Marty Skrull, but then they also set, also have him set up with, uh, to lead his own faction, so, uh, you know, it's just, 
it's really interesting uh, to see where things are going and what's happening. Um, I still feel like this could just be like a huge troll and that they're totally still going to be in Ring of Honor and New Japan next year. Uh, but but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's it, guys. Looks like we reached the end of the show. Thank you very much uh, for listening uh, and whatnot. Um, we'll have a special uh, Christmas episode that drops next week. And um, that's it, man. Uh, so if you're not following... Uh, not following the show on social media. You need to do that. What are you doing? Uh, fuck with us on Twitter at Champ Podcast and on Instagram at Champ Podcast. All right, guys. See you next week. Peace.